we we know that we're one of the pioneers um, in the green sector. Um, you know, we look around and sort of see, well, who's actually really moving the dial? Um, you know, so we can inspire a generation of entrepreneurs. And if we can inspire a green generation of entrepreneurs to do green products over, um, you know, planet unfriendly products, then actually what we'll do is we'll create a better world. And you know, that's 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 to be able to have that type of opportunity is um, is amazing. Welcome to our podcast series, Talk Straight, Think Smart with Howard Kennedy. I'm Lydia Christie, a legal director at the firm and your host for this series. However, this isn't a podcast about us. It's about the much more interesting people we're interviewing. My guest today is Chris Forbes, the co-founder of The Cheeky Panda, whose green business puts purpose before profit. From testing the idea via crowdfunding to having their first employees working from their home to 100% year-on-year growth. By listening to this podcast, you will hear the incredible journey that Chris Forbes has been on with the Cheeky Panda. Well, hello, Chris. Welcome to Howard Kennedy's offices and thank you for joining me today for our podcast. Um, We're very pleased to have you here. Um, Before we start, and uh, so our listeners uh, know who I'm speaking to, would you mind introducing yourself, please? Uh, Certainly. My name's Chris Forbes and I'm the co-founder of the Cheeky Panda, which is a bamboo hygiene business. Thank you. Very pleased to have you here. Um, We are here to talk about Cheeky Panda and how it began and the journey you've been on. Um, It's been quite an unbelievable journey in a relatively short period of time. But before we get into the Cheeky story, I wanted to ask you a little bit about about you, uh, Chris, the person, but also Chris, the... um, the, the young boy and what you were like as a child and, and, and your your beginnings? Well, um, I mean, I'm from Scotland. You might detect from the, the accent. Um, and I, I grew up in the highlands of Scotland, which is exceptionally beautiful. Um, Travelled around quite a lot, so I kind of got quite a, a diverse um, understanding of a lot of different um, cultures and societies. Um, but I've always had a, a strong affinity to nature um, and, and business as well, actually. So... Um, and even from a, a sort of early age, I sort of took interest in stuff like the Financial Times. Um, and I found myself going into the city, um, as a lot of people did um, in, in my sort of early 20s. Um, and, you know, I, I had a great time um, in the city, particularly in the sort of 2000s when it was like a boom time and um, travelled, travelled, um, worked in New York, worked in Hong Kong, Tokyo, Zurich. Um, and I, f- I found it fascinating. I always kind of um, think... It, I, if I don't understand something, I need to understand it. And I kind of like to go, you know, beneath the surface of things. And um, and I guess that kind of sort of made me, like, makes me a natural entrepreneur because I've almost kind of got questions about, like, why do certain things and what's the reasoning behind things. Um, and I was actually I was actually running my own business at that time. Um, so when the idea for Cheeky Panda came along, is uh, myself and Julie had been dating for about, for about a year, um, and, sh- and she was running her own business, and um, so it wasn't our first rodeo. Um, and she said, uh, well, "I've got this idea for um, tissue made out of bamboo." And my first question was, well, "Why would you do that?" And she said, "It's the uh, it's the world's fastest growing plant." I went, "Well, that's kind of obvious. So why has no one else done it?" And she said, "Well, it's kind of it's known about in China, but it's provincial in China. It's not like a mass market product in China. Um, and I think it would really be good in the West." And I went, "Well." 
is it any good? Um, and at that point in time, you know, we kind of went from, um, you know, an idea to, you know, having toilet roll delivered to our house for about six months. And well, I know that we're going to talk about a bit later on about how toilet paper became gold dust uh, when COVID hit, hit, hit the nation. But you mentioned something just now about when you were growing up and being interested in business. And were you around people who had their own businesses? And is that where some of the inspiration you've mentioned and kind of um, ambition to to have your own business came from? Um, I, yes, I was. Um, I, I was um, surrounded by um, quite an intellectual crowd. From you know, my dad had a lot of um, very smart friends, um, and that sort of stuff kind of rubs off. And you know, some of them were artists, um, some of them were um, successful outside of business um, in sports. Um, so um, you know, it kind of always kind of been surrounded by you know very high performing individuals kind of then sort of think well maybe I can do that in my own way and you mentioned meeting Julie and uh I'd like to hear more about that I I, I did want to ask you actually how you met Julie because uh without you and Julie there would be no cheeky panda right uh, that's true yeah so I mean we just did online dating through eHarmony actually and um we did a podcast with them um just talking about the, the benefits of matching. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, we found we had common interests, and I, I guess that's kind of what, you know, um, grew us together as a partnership and, um, you know, why we still love um, spending lots of time with each other and working together. I was going to say, I guess you have to spend a lot of time together now being a, a, a partnership in two ways. <laughs> and, and and for some couples, that wouldn't work. Um, <laughs> I think the, the, the good thing is we have different strengths. Um, and because we know each other's different strengths, she lets me do like this type of stuff. I do a lot, a lot of the investment and a lot of the partnership work. Um, whereas she runs the team and she sets a strategic direction and she sort of does all the retail stuff. So um, we don't really sort of cross too much and it, like into you know, each other's res- territories. Res- responsibilities. <laughs> I think that kind of keeps the peace a little bit. Well, very good. I'd like to talk about the business now. Um, so we'll just move on to talking a little bit now um, about that. So you, I wanted to talk about how the idea came up. You mentioned that it was Julie's idea initially. So um, can you can you tell me a bit more about her suggestion and how you then progressed from her mentioning this idea to you to taking the next steps? I, I'm a great believer you don't just dive into things. So she'd mentioned it for about three months um, and I could see that it was something that was going to stick. So, you know, it, it sort of um, baby steps. So it was kind of like, okay, let's get some, let's, let's get some, let's try it, let's use it for a little while, let's see what we like about it, don't, if we, anything we don't like about it. And I think the, the best judge of a product will be your own personal experience with it, right? You know, you don't want to try to put something in a square peg in a round hole. If you don't like something, there's a good chance nobody else will like it. Um, so I think the first point for us was we had to really like the product and we've been using recycled tissue and the difference between using bamboo tissue against recycled tissue, it's chalk and cheese. It's literally, it's it's the difference between, you know, drinking a cheap German wine against drinking a Sancerre. Well, and in, so lots of questions I've got now, but... Um, so I'm guessing you, you you used a lot of toilet paper, obviously, in terms of uh, <laughs> practicing and using and seeing what was. But bamboo and China. So you must have. When was the first trip, for example, to China, where you um, before you 
developed the the product that you were then going to test out so we'd we'd, we'd been working with a factory for six months and then went once we got comfortable with the product we went okay well, let's go to china right because you know you can't create a green company mm. without putting your eyes um on the manufacturing and you know i kind of put myself into uh, what's the worst i can see and sort of thought, well maybe bad health and safety or you know maybe juvenile labor um and when i got to china um I was surprised to see. I was surprised to see a modern manufacturing facility that's three years old, and because it's modern, everything's up to code. Like everything um, is extremely efficient. Um, the, the the pulping factory was capturing the steam and then turning that into energy. All the water was being recycled, and it, um, the bamboo was coming from cooperative farming. I said, "Well, we already have all the elements of the green story here. Um, we don't need to change anything in the in the production. It's you know it's perfect." So. I said, okay, well, at this point, right, we're now comfortable to start working with our supplier. I said, let's go and test the market. Let's just make sure that it's not just us that thinks it's a good idea. Let's see if we can get strangers to think that actually they would think it's a, a mm. great product as well. Well, you were just saying that it's no good if you don't think it's a good product. Um, but um, what if you do and, and then your market research tells you it isn't? How did you How did you go about getting that? feedback and, and doing the market research so i'd been aware of crowdfunding um and i'd, I'd sort of watched what Brewdog had done um and i was very interested by um you know how you can sort of uh, explore a market without going too far into the market uh, so that's exactly what we did we did a, a crowdfunder campaign where we set a, a very low target of um ten thousand pound and if we were able to raise ten thousand pound on people pre-purchasing the product um we were going to go ahead with the business and if we didn't, then we wouldn't have done because it showed us that, it, that the market wasn't right for it. Um, and within a couple of weeks, we were pretty much at targeting. So we just got on and we didn't wait for it to to finish. We just kind of started to put the wheels in motion mm. to create how, the business. How, how long ago was that, Chris, then? Uh, what, that was what in, year? That was in, uh, we, start, we created the business uh, on the 5th of January 2016. Um, we, we started our crowdfunder in, um, it must have been uh, early Feb. Um, and then that finished in um, April. Um, but we were already kind of in the business. I hadn't fully stepped out of my my, my other business um, at that point in time, which I later sold. Um, so I kind of used the money from one business to support the, the new entity. Right, okay. So then you're, um, in terms of, as you said, you then did the first round of crowdfunding. And what was the response that... That, that came out of that? I suppose, I suppose the one that got me the most was that um, somebody gave us a thousand pound and didn't want any product um, and just wanted us to be successful, which I kind of thought was, and they weren't getting any equity or anything. So they just went, you know, this, we think this is a really good idea. So I was kind of like taken aback by that. And um, it, it kind of gives you a sort of sense of responsibility that, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to let other people down. Um, and on the back of that initial crowdfunder, then what we did is, I mean, got an angel investor that came in they saw that the crowdfunding had been successful and you know he knew me from my city life so he said listen if you put your mind to something i know you'll be successful so um here's a hundred thousand pound you know let's go and turn this into mm. something quite exciting do you think that the so so the response you just said in terms of that one person who gave you a thousand pounds didn't want any product or or shares in or in, in the business what element of your kind of proposition do you think was the thing that really you know drew people in there's obviously there's bamboo there's the sustainable um side of the business 
as the product itself. What, 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 what would you say it was at that time? I, I would have said that they would be socially responsible in, um, investors, or, or not necessarily investors, but wanting to see people that come up with um, solutions um, to make the world better. And you've got bamboo, which is the world's fastest growing plant, and it grows 30 times better than trees. How much did you know about bamboo, Chris, before you I, got I, into I knew, I knew it grew <laughs> quickly. I know a lot more now uh, than, than I did at the beginning. And, I, and like I said, it was too clever an idea for myself. But, uh, all, all, the, all that sits with Julie. Did, did Julie already have quite a lot of knowledge about bamboo yeah, then she, before? She, she did, yeah. She, yeah. she came from China, so yeah. um, she was... You had a, a head start in that sense. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do it without her. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I would never have come up with the idea. So, so, so moving on into the next kind of round of funding and, and growth what what happened next so you know we in 2016 we had two angel investors that came into the business and you know we, we've been able to pre-sell the um the product to um retailers before based on the fact that we'd shown that there was demand in the marketplace for the crowdfunding campaign um so unusually what we did is we started off with about ten thousand pound a month in sales um where a lot of businesses start with you know don't get to that level um, and then month on month, we just saw that increase. And then people started asking for more products. So we developed kitchen towel, and then we developed facial tissue. And then people said that they wanted it for businesses. So then we were like, well, okay, it's not just a retail product. Mm. We can supply offices as well. Um, and, and at that point in time, we sort of went, um, in 2017, we were doing £20,000 a month. Julie was doing all the <laughs> administrations and all the orders. And we were like, oh, from right, the well, kitchen table. It literally, it was from our bedroom. Um, it's, it's like a proper startup, right? We, we ran out of the house. Uh, even our first employees um, worked for our house for the first uh, first year, um, which was quite quite fun. Um, so, but what we realised was, okay, let, let's not do it the slow way. Let's let's let, let's get equity funding in, right? So, um, you know, let's 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 become part of a bigger pie, and let's let's share the pie with people. So we went to. Um, Cedars and we did an equity crowdfunding round where we raised um, half a million pound in two weeks um, for uh, 10% of the business um, and um, that was really what set the wheels in motion to build the team to sort of scale up to get Julie sort of more focusing on sort of product and marketing mm. rather than doing operational stuff. And in terms of so how many people were in that initial kind of staffing team working from your house and, and then today how many people do you employ so there was myself julie and then kelly who we'd um, taken on as a summer um, graduate um so she's kind of intern but then once we got the the funding we then converted our full time um and now there's 32 people um and uh, we've got uh, office in the city um and china as well so, mm. so that's and that's over a period of it's six years now, yeah. So twenty twenty two. So it's this is our yeah, just six years, um, and you know we you know we st- we were our first turnover for our, the first financial year. I think we did a hundred thousand pound, and um, we just finished uh, this financial year. We did eleven point three million. So amazing. It's it it's 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 a hundred percent year on year growth yeah. is what we've done. Well, I I want to ask, I mean. That is incredible, uh, but I want to ask you about the biggest hurdle that you've overcome, and and before we get to um, the pandemic, because that wasn't a hurdle from what I can tell, actually, in terms of your business. But before that, what would you say was the biggest hurdle that you faced in the uh, development and the funding and the the stages that we've just been talking about? Uh, Every stage has got different challenges, um, and 
Um, I think the, 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 the first one is, I think I understand now why a lot of people want entrepreneurs in, in paper and hygiene. Um, there's an awful lot of work and capital required in order to be able to run yeah, the, the, the supply chain, the purchasing, and then the cost of the operations, and then holding stock, and then waiting to get paid. And it's about six months. And, um, you know, suddenly we found ourselves um, needing to have about a million pound um, just to run a 200,000 pound month sales channel so um you know if i'd have known that at the beginning it probably would have put me off from kind of getting into it a little bit mm. um and another thing that happened at the beginning is we based our business model on a, a usd um to gbp exchange rate of 150 <laughs> and then it, it it fell off a cliff and it sort of went down to like 130 and we were like oh that's that's most of our margins just disappeared on the fx rate so we looked at our supply chain and we thought, okay, like how can we optimize our supply chain um, to get that back? And then we did some efficiencies um, in terms of pallet stacking and how we delivered pallets. And that um, rather than having to increase prices at that point in time, we were just able to reconfigure um, mm. our supply chain. So that's quite a good example about when things move against you, um, you know, how do you react? And uh, we successfully navigated that. And I think, you know, once you become a business that's sort of over three years, the banks want to lend to you. Mm. The first three years, nobody really wants to give you money mm. because it, they all want secured secured assets. Um, yeah. Did, did you have kind of mentors or influencers who kind of you could turn to? Like you, you just said, if you'd known X at that point, you might have not done it. Did you have people throughout this who really influenced you or who who were mentors for you while you were growing? I'm, um, I'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you. Um, so, um, I mean, from the beginning, we had um, a good set of entrepreneurs that were around us, mm. um, either as investors or, or non-executive directors that, um, you know, were able to use as sounding boards for, you know, what should we do in different scenarios. Mm. And of course, Julie. And of course, Julie, yeah. <laughs> and like, actually, Clive, one of the angel investors, he sit, still sits as a non-executive director. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, before we get to um, kind of... The, the pandemic can you just tell me a little bit about the values of of cheeky panda as a as a as a business and 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 the brand uh, so our um our primary function um is um is is is, is purpose over profit right um and, and the main reason for that if you do it if you do the right things you know the money follows right um so uh, we have three um, core values, which is to, to impact. Um, and impact is driven by um, how we can measure um, what we've done. And um, I can say that um, today, um, by people using our bamboo products instead of using tree products, we've um, saved 18,000 tonnes of carbon, we've saved 182,000 trees, and we've uh, reduced uh, 10 tonnes of plastic out of the... Um, uh, the supply chain that would have been if we were using like Andrex or something like that. Um, our goal over the next sort of, so that's our current impact, but we look forward and sort of say, well, actually, if we keep growing, growing at current rates, then we'll save about 200,000 tonnes of carbon and we'll save two and a half million trees. So impact, impact. and being able to measure impact. Um, inspire, um, you know, it's it's to have um, uh, a brand that makes people feel good, makes people feel happy. Um uh, and uh, you know we know that you know a lot of entrepreneurs come to us and ask us for advice now um and you know that you know it, it, we we know that we're one of the pioneers um in the green sector 
um, you know, we look around and sort of see, well, who's actually really moving the dial? Um, you know, so we can inspire a generation of entrepreneurs. And if we can inspire a generation of entrepreneurs to do green products over, um, you know, planet unfriendly products, then actually what we'll do is we'll create a better world. And you know, that's, that's, that's to be able to have that type of opportunity is, um, is amazing. Um, and, um, uh, uh, so innovate, impact and inspire, uh, so the innovation is the, um, the products that we do. So, mm. you know, we started off with toilet tissue. We started off in household. Uh, we do baby now. So we do baby wipes. Uh, we do beauty wipes. Our, our beauty wipes now outsell simply um, on Amazon. Um, and like that's the UK's top brand. And, you know, we don't have plastic in our wipes. It's like yeah. some, of the, some of the things that we do are, are just so simple. And it's like we look at what our sector's doing. We're going, why are they doing it that way? Or And, and mainly why companies do things in a certain way is change takes too long or and or like somebody changes positions and something that's a priority project becomes a less priority project or like some quarterly earnings isn't quite good so everybody just drops any r&d stuff um you know and the benefit of being a startup is actually you know we can do things in a, in, in a way that you know can really kind of um innovate our sector and i think mm. that's what any disruptor should seek to do is um is try to bring it to the to, to the modern world on the um on the baby products i know you, you you do nappies now was that inspired by your i was gonna say your little one i don't know how old he's he, free, he is he's now. free now yeah he's, so, still, he's, yeah. he's three so, so he's still so a little one so when we started the, uh, the 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 baby wipes um we started off using we, we hadn't had them when he was born so we were using uh, like water wipes and hampers and um we were like we can create a better product than this so um uh, we created cheeky panda uh, baby wipes which won product of the year um it's an amazing amazing product um nice and soft gains its moisture uh, no irritations i think that's kind of like you know and then we've sort of said oh people asked us all right you need to do the nappies now and i think that's a lot of our community actually sets the direction for the innovation that we do um you know. i've heard a bit is this the cheeky the cheeky community uh, yeah yeah so um panda knots is what we call them now oh. <laughs> uh, so like because we're because we're going to uh, outer space yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is your son watching Octonauts? <laughs> <laughs> He's not got to that one yet. No, no, no. But yeah, that's 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 the nickname that we. Uh, Brilliant. Well, thank you. That does bring us now up to the um, uh, very odd last few years, and we'll we'll come on to that now. So then we get into twenty twenty. Obviously. Um, we were all hearing about something going on in China. Now, given your business and the connection to China, at what point did you register that something was, was happening that was going to uh, impact, well, first of all, the UK, but, but, but your business and then ultimately everybody? I think the, um, the pandemic um, has, 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 has changed um, um, a lot of our values um, and s- some... Um, in not ways we'd like and some for the better um and it w- when we sort of started to see it at the start of two you know um 2020 we were like all right well the first thing is we did is we think this, this is quite serious so let's all start working from home so we can understand exactly what we're going we got a lovely business at that point we were doing like sort of two hundred thousand pound a month um team of uh, 10 people um just like a really nice growth trajectory we're all building a culture together and that's a big thing we were all bonding and sort of 
join the journey, then suddenly that's all ripped away from you. And then suddenly, um, and uh, and then we've seen the demand because we weren't we're not a heavy retail presence, but we had a, like a, a big online presence, and everybody started buying online. So everybody started buying through like Ocado or like Amazon, and suddenly we went like you know sales almost went five times to where we were. And your businesses aren't really used to scaling. We, we were scaling like, you know, 10, 20% a month, every month. So we're used to scaling, right? But then suddenly to go like 500%, it's... it's. How, well, how, 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 how did you well, manage we, to... Well, we had to hire people remotely and, you know, like some, you know, I think in the first year, I mean, we um, hadn't met some of the people that we'd hired um, to be able to cope with it. And, and it was a little bit of a shame because it was a bit of a disconnect in the culture that we were building. Mm. So we were kind of kind of creating something that was really friendly and sort of you know feel to be a part of and then yeah, and, gonna, well, and to be part of that journey of the, yeah. the startup journey of enjoying you know building something that, and then yeah. yeah all right well you're doing stuff and you're making a big contribution however you're doing it from a laptop rather than being able to do it from um you know with your colleagues and and a lot of the you know you know we have some youngsters in our team and you know they're they're working out of a bedroom you know and they're not you know, it's okay if you've got a house and stuff like that, and you've got a garden and stuff mm. like that. But if you're in a flat share mm. and you're isolated, then it's 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 not the way that we would have mm. wanted to have to go through that scale. Um, and and in the middle of it, I mean, obviously, all the in May, um, everybody started panic buying toilet tissue. Um, we were actually featured in the film. Uh, there was a film uh, of Anne Hathaway called Lockdown. Uh, and then there was a scene where they had um, like um, some guy running out the. Uh, the, the shop with five cheeky panda toilet rolls, uh, and uh, I think and pa- cheeky panda toilet roll under one on pasta. Um, yeah, yeah, under that, the other. that was it. And we, we actually we had, we've had people say, "Ah, oh, I bought a year's worth of your product." I was like, "Yeah, thanks, but you were part of the problem." <laughs> um, and so you had this like massive spike, and then suddenly people are sitting on three months worth of toilet tissue. So then sales dipped a little bit, and we were like, "Oh well." Um, but then it's, it's it's recovered um, quite nicely since yeah. then. Well, th- this point you were talking about about kind of keeping the culture as you grow I mean obviously um that would apply to any business that's growing but then even harder as you say because the pandemic hit and then you're all isolated from one another so how 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 did you and how have you managed to um you know keep the culture that you're trying to that you started with as you said with the 10 of you building that to then growing you've now got 32 people so we're, we're we're working on sort of bringing that back. Actually, I'm going um, uh, ten pin bowling with my team tonight. Um, so, or nice with your or with your cheeky panda hats. I'm looking all, at it all, on the all on with the our table cheeky here. panda hats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, it'd be remiss of us not to be able to do like a um, a little bit of fun. Um, and and getting back to that, I mean, we, we obviously we did quizzes and we sort of like did like Friday night socials and stuff like that. So we were having that same connection, but it's not the same as sort of being face to face with everybody. So. Um, We've got an active program where we're just kind of sort of okay, let's um, particularly the ones that never experienced that before the pandemic, you know, um, sort of bringing that, you know, actually this is a fun place to work. Mm. And at the same time as you're trying to do that with, as you say, um, huge spike in sales, then dips and troughs, and new people joining and starting. Um, do, do you feel that you had because obviously that was a very you had to react really quickly. Do you think that you had? Um, things in place to enable you to react really quickly to I mean in terms of you know needing more supplies how did you how, how did you go about doing that um so we presumably there were issues with 
you know, the supply chain in terms yeah, of... Yeah, so, so we kind of looked at it and we, we ended up reeling in 100 containers um, in the middle of the pandemic and then we were able to supply um, Tesco and Morrison's um, when their shelves run empty. Um, so mm. that was quite a... With your with competitors' products, you mean? You, you yeah, were, yeah, Tiki you, Panda, yeah. yeah, so yeah. They, well, they'd sold out of Andrex so, and yeah. get Cushel and stuff mm. like that. So And even their own brands, so we were able to mm. um, get our stuff on there, which... Um, which, which is which is good for sales. Unfortunately, it's kind of that was just like a temporary thing. So we're we're, we're working to get back on those shelves, and mm. hopefully our mm. rates of sales would be such that they would look at it and go, actually, do you know what this, you know, consumers want this brand. Mm. Looking forward then, in terms of plans for the future, what 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 is on the horizon then for Cheeky Panda? I've I've, I've read a lot about um, potentially being the first crowdfunded business to. Uh, go for an IPO. So, is that is that on the cards for this year? I mean, I've I've always looked at. Um, I think we've been looking back as far as twenty eighteen as this would work really well in the public market. Um, I think that um, retail investors particularly want to own um, shares in something that they, you know, have got an emotional attachment to. Um, and I, I think that you know, being one of the sort of first B corps to list, um, you know would be a, a sizable market event that we get quite a lot of press about. Um, it's it's about doing things at the right time. So um, currently what we're doing is we're doing a private placement. Um, mm-hmm. So we're probably going to remain private for probably the next 18 months. But, you know, the, 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 the sort of midterm goal is to list the business, whether that's uh, 23 or 24. I think that the, the plan is to get sales to 50 million turnover. Um, so we've got it target for about 18 to this year and then 36 next is this are there some new products then on the horizon that you're allowed to talk about um not that i'm allowed to talk about <laughs> uh, we don't like to give that out to the public domain but i mean we sit we sit in household um we sit in baby uh, we sit mm. in beauty so mm. um you know anything that's kind of disposable that can be made out of bamboo mm. um is something that we'll obviously take um interest at looking at and we, we've yeah, the, the beauty wipes are doing phenomenally well online, but we haven't got any retail. So it'd be great to try and get some proper retail listings with mm. that. I mean, that will do phenomenally well. And the baby nappies as well, mm. new product, but absolutely amazing quality. So um, you know, I think the focus is getting them working uh, before sort of bringing in yeah. the new stuff, you know, which is all very exciting. But, you know, we have to get the And um, at what point is your son going to have a, a place on the uh, on the board? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I kind of cheekily used him in my um, adverts. He was my, he was my baby model for my uh, baby wipes. Uh, so I'm sure in his 18th birthday, he'll love me for that. Um, as as I do a slideshow or some description, just yes, to, uh, I'm sure he will. Super embarrass him because I'm that sort of guy. Well, thank you ever so much, um, Chris. Before we conclude, um, because we are going to hit you with some quick fire questions in a moment. Um, sure. um, we will. Um, move on to those shortly so chris some quick fire questions for you you don't need to overthink it you can just give me the first thing that comes to your head um what's your favorite cheeky panda product the kitchen towel um it has no lint so i can um, use it on my showers and it doesn't um and I used to have a big glass table and I used to clean that. I used, I used to use like kitchen towel, loads of it to clean it. And my kitchen towel doesn't leave any residue behind. So it's brilliant. Good tip. Zoom meetings, are they here to stay or just a distant memory for you? Uh, I use Teams. So <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Teams meetings are, yeah, it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a hybrid um, between um, convenience of being able to do things um, from home, uh, but also doing the physical face-to-face mm. stuff. I think I know the answer to this because we just spoke about it, but would you rather grow your business, sell your business or start all over again? I'd rather grow the business. Um, I think, you know, growth is addictive. Um, and then once you kind of get into it, it becomes super fun growing. Um, so I think we're still at that, you know, you know, let's grow it as fast as we can stage. And what would you invest more in right now, people or tech? Uh, well, I do well, I, I have to choose one or the other. Oh. Um, I mean, I would say that... Um, People are the, probably the most important part of what we do. Um, so it's, you know, text great um, to streamline things and automate things, but um, it's really people that make the difference. And my last question is, when it comes to decision-making, are you perfection every time or launch and learn? Uh, 80% perfection, 20% let it ride. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I, if anything sits beneath my 80%, it doesn't happen. As long as I've got my 80% comfort zone, um, I'm allowed, yeah. I'll allow margin for error. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you ever so much, Chris. I've really enjoyed talking to you and hearing about Cheeky Panda. And I honestly re- wish you every success going forward. Thank you f- so much. Uh, yeah, and thanks for Howard Kennedy for having me on. It's been uh, great to share my story. Thank you. <laughs> So there you have it, a curious mindset, a successful partnership in life and business, and how by putting purpose over profit and doing the right things, money follows. This podcast was recorded at the end of February 2022. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening from to find out who our next guest will be. (laughs) 